Over a hill and under a misty mountain, deep within the unceded Muscoon territory of Vancouver, British Columbia, I'm Doug Vandalay with another episode of Comedy Zeitgeist. You can follow the show on Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist and pester me at Doug Vandalay. Hello to everybody listening on CITR 101.9 here for the first 30 minutes of the show. Best newcomer in the Canadian comedy scene as of 2007, I'm joined today by Jeff McHenry. How's it going, Jeff? Uh, I'm well. I'm well, <laughs> Doug. Yeah, I've done, <laughs> I've done more stuff since uh, 2007 too. Not not a whole lot, but <laughs> oh, well, still I, kicking around. I anyway. just read the first line of your bio and then got bored oh, and no decided worries. to uh, <laughs> just jump right into it. But yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. In all seriousness, you've won a number of awards uh, for, for your comedies, starting notably with the, uh, as I can tell, the Tim Sims Encouragement Award in 2005. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was an award for like uh, like the best new uh, comics, uh, usually in Ontario. Yeah, in fact, it was all Ontario-based, sorry. Yeah, so it was a uh, an award show um, put on by uh, the widow of Tim Sims, who was this really acclaimed improviser back in the day who uh, died young. So they started this award in his honor and uh yeah i was lucky enough to win it uh when i first started in 2005 and uh back when i won it there was a whole special on the comedy network that went with um the special doesn't air on the comedy network anymore but the award's still going on to this day so what was the criteria for winning that award uh, it was just, uh, yeah, it was, uh, so you had something called uh, Fresh Meat, which was, there was like a showcase of like the top 20 like young acts who'd been doing it for two years or less. So from there, like a, they had like a jury of um, like, I don't know, comedy people and uh, they selected the top five, the top five. We all went on, we did another showcase. No, we did two showcases actually. And then from there, they decided who they thought the uh, winner was. And uh, yeah, so that, that that was how the award was uh, came about anyway. How long had you been doing comedy at that point? I started in September of uh, 2003, and this was in October of 2005. So yeah, just a, a little over uh, two years uh, when I won the thing, yeah. Uh, what did your journey look like up until then from starting out? Um, I was I, I was really, really fortunate in that. I was, there's another comic called Tim Nutt, um, who's like one of my uh, mentors growing up. And he said, uh, he said I had the, there used to be this old uh, commercial uh, for Caramelk. And it was like the Caramelk secret. Like, how do they get the Caramelk into the Caramelk bar? And he always said that I had the caramel secret. Like I was just one of those, for some reason, I was just, I was good at this right away. And then a lot, a lot of people kind of, they take a couple of years to kind of find their voice. I was, I was pretty lucky, like within like five or six sets. I, I like knew who my voice was. I knew I'd, what I'd be talking about. Um, of course I got, you know, like everybody you get, way 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 better as the years go by but i i kind of knew what my voice was right away and that's that's 90 percent of it right there is finding out who you are on stage and what you should be talking about for the listeners who don't know how would you describe your comedic voice uh i'm really i'm really really personal i'm really all i do is um 
I'm not, I have a few observational jokes, like the, you know, such, you know, like you observe something people say in, in real life and you go, okay, like, isn't this odd that people say this sort of stuff? But most of my act is just taking stuff out of my life, my experiences, uh, where I grew up, my family, uh, how crazy I am and talking about that stuff on stage and yeah it's good in that it's the easiest stuff to write um because you're just talking about yourself and that's also it's also good in that it's it's not like topical humor where it's you know you're making fun of i don't know the, the trump or something like that that stuff won't really stand the test of time because it's all about um you know what's going on in the moment whereas if you do personal stuff yeah you tend to get to do it for a while it's not dependent on the news of the day sort of thing so uh, you then went on to win the uh the yuck yucks great canadian laugh off in 06 and best newcomer as mentioned previously at the 07 comedy awards uh did those open a lot of doors for you yeah yeah i'd say the laugh off uh when it was around yeah that was that was a big one because it was like it was uh 64 comics from all over north america and um yeah, it's sort of winner-take-all um, grand prize, and that was the same thing. It was, it was uh, like the semifinals. Uh, whoever placed first moved on to the finals. Whoever came first in the finals won the award. Um, so I'd say that, yeah, that that kind of put me on the map as far as like Tim Sims was great and everything, but uh, the laugh off that was like a lot of like yuck yucks headliners and there was headliners from America that came up for it. And yeah, for me to win it, uh, like as a kid who nobody kind of knew at the time that that's kind of what brought, uh, people's attention to me or yeah. Like people noticed me after that. Uh, so what kind of doors opened up for you there? What did that lead to? Um, I, I got, um, the Halifax comedy festival right after that. I got just for laughs right after that. Yuck yucks. They, I'd been signed to yuck yucks, but they gave me a raise and started working me more. Um, yeah, I I'd got cast in a, uh, just like a one-off role on a, a TV show because somebody saw me at the laugh off, uh, that night. So yeah, just, uh, a little bit more stand-up work and more recognition from like film and TV people. So speaking of that, I I think that uh, some of our listeners may know you from your various film and TV appearances. What was it like working on Letterkenny? Oh, that was great. Yeah, I love I love those guys. They're they're sweethearts. They're just again, it's like, it's like I don't know. It's it's kind of like my comedy or the people I like. They're they're just the same. Uh, off stage as they are on or you know off camera as they are on and Jared's uh, the lead guy uh, Jared's a sweetheart and absolutely hysterical and yeah he he's he literally talks how the character talks in <laughs> letter Kenny uh, so yeah it was it was a lot of fun doing that the only thing that sucked was my character at the uh, real wonderful character of being a slow learning fellow that got kicked into garbage uh and that's what uh provokes jared to fight this guy and sort of save the day so for like the first like filming takes forever i really i really 
I don't like acting. I was in two scenes and we were there for, God, we were shooting all night, both nights. So for like the first four hours, it was very fun being this kind of like slow-witted fella that gets, you know, booted into garbage. Because I knew how good the show was and they gave me a couple of funny lines and stuff. But then after a while, um, yeah, I'm just a guy getting kicked into garbage in the rain. Like this is... (laughs) was. (laughs) <laughs> it was uh yeah the kind of the bloom was off the rose after a couple of hours you appeared a couple of times in that was that as the same character uh yeah i was i was only on the one episode for some reason they they credited me in the second episode even though i wasn't uh, on it so oh well that's nice yeah yeah it would have been nice to get uh, another paycheck but no just the one episode so far uh, maybe it's time to send a uh, back pay invoice yeah, yeah. I asked, uh, I asked uh, Jared if he was going to have me on there uh, again, and he said, "Yeah." He messaged me on Twitter uh, one night. Yeah, buddy, we we got you back next season, and this and that. And then I never heard anything again. So I'm guessing he was drunk when he sent it, or <laughs> or he could have just got me confused with somebody else that did a one-off on the show uh but yeah it'd be nice if they had me back but if not it's uh it's still a cool uh thing to have on your resume beyond letter kenny which is one of the hottest shows on tv right now yeah for sure so what can you tell us about hotbox hotbox oh man that's a that's a deep cut uh that's <laughs> hotbox was uh it was a sketch show on the comedy network and uh, it was by Pat uh, Thornton, who's a brilliant guy. He was one of the guys that was um, nominated for Tim Sims with me. And, uh, yeah, Pat's a, a great uh, – uh, he, he does stand up, but I, I think he's uh, – I think that's the thing he's third best at. And he's great at it, too. He's an amazing actor, and he's, he's one of the best improvisers I've ever seen. Um, so he got a uh, – pilot a tv pilot and hotbox was it was a sketch show but it was uh, it was more than just a standard sketch show we would do uh we'd do like animation would be part of it um uh we had like uh video game segments it was kind of all over the place i did again i believe it was for stoners because they called it hotbox i'm pretty sure that's what pat uh was intending it for but it was it's um yeah we only got one season out of it which is kind of too bad because it was uh, it was it was a funny show and then years later pat did uh sunnyside which was on uh, city tv which was it was basically a better produced more polished version of uh hot box um so yeah if they're <laughs> If, uh, look look for uh, Sunday Side Online. There's some really really funny stuff. Uh, Do you say that one's that. on CTV? It was on it was on City TV. Sorry. Uh, right. So yeah, look for Sunny Side clips online. They had some hilarious, they had some hilarious sketches. Uh, we had some good stuff on Hotbox too, but some of it was hit or miss. <laughs> so you you mentioned you didn't really like acting, but uh, what was your favorite show uh, to work on? Well, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've had fun on the ones I have been on. It's, it's just the whole process is, uh, like once you get behind the scenes and you find out the nuts and bolts of it, you like, you don't, 
I don't know, just like like being somebody who never acted too much, you don't realize that okay, so you shoot this, and then then we then we got to get coverage of a different angle. So now we got to change the lighting, so that takes half an hour, and then it's you know it's you're doing fourteen hour days sometimes for two lines to. <laughs> to show up on screen it's it's just a it's a long arduous process i yeah people are good at acting i'm you know it's i'm, I'm amazed how they do it because yeah it's just it's draining some of those 14 15 hour days you got to do um but as when i'm actually when the camera's rolling and it has been a lot of fun i'd, I'd say that the john Dore television show was probably the most fun i had because uh, John show he ran it very much like um, like a Judd Apatow film it was like okay you know do it how it is in the script once and then uh, the rest is whatever you got so and that was good because I'm not really a trained actor so I always thought when I was saying the lines I was nervous and that I was like, oh man, am I, you know, does does it sound like I'm acting here? Does it sound I'm just reciting lines? But then when you're improvising, it really does sound like you're saying it for the first time because you are saying it for the first time. So, Yeah, well, uh, John Wayne was never an actor, even some would say throughout his career. Oh, did I say John Wayne? I, I said oh, no, John Dore. No, I said John Wayne. I was, oh, I see. Oh, I was making oh, a, yeah. uh, I guess, kind of a clumsy simile metaphor one of the two yes yes he was very yeah just he was he was just john wayne in every movie he played yeah <laughs> uh so do you have any interest in pursuing more dramatic roles like your appearance in dog pound uh yeah i did dog pound yeah it was um that was fun in that um and yeah it was it was yeah it was, uh, it was a totally dramatic role no humor to it whatsoever so i got to be this like dark uh yeah bully of a character that was that was fun and i i definitely enjoyed it um uh yeah, yeah man i'll 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 take whatever they give me yeah so <laughs> yeah I, I certainly won't turn down any more uh dramatic parts but my specialty is uh is comedy i also read that uh you've done some writing as well and uh i think our our uh, degree of separation is piers ray who unless I'm mistaken, you did some acting courses with him? Uh, we went to uh, film school together yeah, for right. writing for film and TV, yeah. Yeah, Pierce is a great guy. I love Pierce. Friend of the show uh, on a Podcast versus Podcast. You can check that one out as well. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we went to uh, went to film school. Yeah, Pierce is a, a great guy. But, yeah, it, it, it's, um, I guess I kind of got, I, I kind of got tired of, when you do stand up, especially when you first start out, even with like some of the awards I won and stuff, you don't make a whole lot of money. Uh, so I went to, uh, I quit, I quit stand up and uh, went to Vancouver and decided that I was going to be, you know, the next great auteur or <laughs> you know, I was write my own films and, and everything. So I went and I, and I had a wonderful year. It was probably the best year of my life. I love Vancouver's most beautiful city I've ever been to. And, Love living there and love meeting Pierce and all the other uh, people who were in film school. But then, yeah, not uh, I've had the odd writing gig here and there, but nothing really has uh, panned out as far as that goes. But, you know, it's 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 live and learn. And it's always a skill that I'm going to have. Like I learned so much uh, 
from the film and television program. Yeah, like in in show business or especially Canadian show business, uh, you learn you got to diversify your portfolio. You can't just be. I can't just say I'm a stand-up. I got to be. I got to be a stand-up. I got to be an actor. I got to be a writer. I got to be all things. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> you don't limit your options. I always wanted to be a a five-tool ball player, as a, as a, to make a sports analogy. I'm not familiar with that. What's a what's a five-tool uh, five ball, ball ball player? That's like uh, the guy can hit, the guy can throw, the guy can uh, field, he can run. He, he basically he, he's got all the five tools there is right um, he's not just a guy who can hit but is terrible in the field he's you know he, he can do everything so that's that's what i wanted to do uh when i got into this i wanted to try and be uh, good at everything and and i think i'm yeah there's there's things i'm better at than other things i, I think acting is probably the thing i'm uh, weakest at uh but I don't know. I'm a, I'm a I'm a really good stand-up, and that's how I kind of make my money right now. Do you think that the writing has influenced your stand-up? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, or probably my stand-up influences my writing in that um, when I was in film school, like I, the, the pilot I wrote was uh, it was based on my life as well. Like I don't, I kind of got the idea of okay, yeah, just even in uh, even when you're writing for film and TV, try and make it as personal as possible because that's the thing you specialize in. Did that pilot go anywhere after film school? No, no. I, uh, I had to, uh, I pitched it around. Um, it was uh, starring me and another uh, a comic, uh, Trevor Boris, who was fantastic. And uh, Trevor was working for a production company at the time. Uh, he still works for them. He produces Big Brother now. And he pitched it to them. Apparently, they liked it, but then, yeah, they, they didn't weren't inter, inter uh, pardon me weren't interested in producing a pilot. So eh, that's that's fine. It is what it is. Have you tried your hand at pitching any other pilots since then? Uh, no, no. I really just uh, like I, I got uh, I got working on Still Standing, which is uh, this uh, CBC show. Uh, I think I got that through. Uh, People knew I went to film school. I punched up a lot of stuff. Pierce has me punch up uh, scripts from time to time. Um, so I think I think I'm probably better at that stuff, punching up things and that. Uh, yeah, that's just inserting jokes into a script, and I'm I'm good at that. For anyone in the CITR, thanks so much for tuning in. That's the end of our time slot, but you can hear the full episode along with other podcasts on cavegoblins.com. For anyone else, stick around. We've still got lots more to talk about with Jeff. Hey there, lovely listeners. I'm Talia Murdoch, and I'm here to tell you about my show, Everything Economics. Every week, I talk about the world around you, specific social and economic issues, and dive into how fantasy realms would work in real life. That's Everything Economics on the Cave Goblin Network. And before the show, I asked Jeff about a comedic influence to talk about today, and he came back with Comedy Central's number one comic of all time, Richard Pryor. So what does Richard Pryor mean to you? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. look at me going... (laughs) <laughs> out on a limb picking the, the greatest of all time to talk about yeah that's um, after the accolade of uh the best upcoming comic since 2007 <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so prior uh he's he's i think he's probably the reason why i i, I do stand up he was uh 
a huge, huge influence on me. I'll, I'll obviously, I'll, I'll never be as good as him, and nobody ever, nobody ever will be. But uh, he was the whole thing of, uh, yeah, just take whatever you got going on in your life, and and put it on stage, and people will love you for it. Uh, people like vulnerability. They like it when you open up to them and expose a part of yourself that maybe you're not so happy with, and you. you take it to them like that's that's all prior stuff was it was you know him talking about freebasing cocaine and setting himself on fire or him getting into a domestic dispute uh with police and his <laughs> wife on new year's eve and you would think uh you know the standard thing in hollywood would be would be to try and cover these things up especially back in the 70s when you could do such a thing but what did he do he just brought it to the stage and made it hilarious and made people go like yeah that guy's screwed up but he's he's funny and he's honest about it so all right it's a good mixture when you can turn tragedy into comedy and you experience so much tragedy at the same time for sure well a lot of stand-up is uh it's in there's exceptions to the rules there there's guys that do characters up there uh, you know they're the cable guy uh, uh, gallagher um but a lot of stand-up is um people can smell bullshit when you're when you're doing stand-up if you're uh not talking about what's like in your heart and your your soul like people can kind of tell it or, or you're putting on sort of an act like i don't know uh Another thing, Tim Nutt, I mentioned Tim uh, before, uh, Tim Nutt told me, he said, uh, he said, there's people that do stand-up comedy and there's people that do an impression of stand-up comedy. And uh, yeah, I think you can really, uh, even like somebody who hasn't been watching stand-up or isn't a stand-up, you you know who's who's really feeling it and is really giving you of their heart and soul and you know who's just, uh, yeah doing this to get a TV show or, <laughs> you know, is just emulating people that have come before them sort of thing. Yeah, I guess uh, I hadn't thought of it that way. I like what you said there about uh, doing an impression of stand-up. Yeah. Where did you first come across his work? Uh, I was, uh, for some reason, my mom really liked Richard Pryor, and it doesn't make any sense for a... <laughs> like a rural like white lady in acton ontario to be uh, you know uh, like a huge fan of this profane <laughs> you know black comic who was big you know the decade before but yeah she just she loved richard Pryor. so i started watching his movies and then i saw his stand-up and really really liked it and then like years later, when I knew I was going to go to Humber for stand-up, I watched him again, and that's kind of when the light bulb went off. It's like, oh, this is, you know, because I, I was a big comedy fan my entire life, but watching Pryor again, I was like, oh, this is what stand-up is. This is, yeah, it's just the more personal you can make it, the more raw and honest you can make it, the better. Um, that's why his stuff holds up nowadays. He's been, you know, he's been dead since... 2005 i think his last really good special was live on the sunset strip that was the early 80s and you can go back and watch that special now and it's hilarious whereas 
another comic, another flavor of the month. You go back and watch stuff from five years ago, and it won't hold up. Yeah, it's a good point. Do Do you find that uh, your own work is influenced by Richard Pryor? Very much so. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I. I always try and be as as um, you know, like that him smoking crack and stuff like that. Like, thankfully, I don't have any of those experiences to to draw on, but. <laughs> there's a lot there's some stuff in my act where i talk about it on stage and it gets a laugh and it's and it's nice because what i'm talking about it wasn't so funny at the time it you know it kind of hurt so I'd, I'd i'd been in a mental institution and for a long time i was like ah, i don't know if i'm gonna talk about this on stage because if it bombs like not only am i not funny but now i'm not a funny person who's also crazy <laughs> to the crowd but it was like well like screw it if prior can talk about lighting himself on fire i can talk about being in a nut house and then and i'm glad i did because yeah I, that's probably my that's probably the closest i'll get to like the freebasing bit that's probably as as deep as all cut yeah it, it can't hurt for sure i mean he was in uh, what what I would say is the first thing I ever saw him in was Superman three, which I had on an old mm -hmm. VHS when I was a kid. Have Have you seen that one? Superman three? No, I've never seen Superman three. No. It's absolutely insane. Uh, so he's uh, second build in that, and he plays a computer programmer who's hired by uh, this financial tycoon who's n not um, not Lex Luthor for once to uh, control a weather satellite and, and annihilate. Uh, a coffee crop in South America somewhere, uh, which is pretty bizarre. But then he has this scheme in it, his character, where that actually became the inspiration for the movie Office Space. If you've seen that one, yep. And um, so they're they're taking the the how they start embezzling the money in that film is what his character does in Superman Three, and it's 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 worth a watch again, seeing the insanity of Richard Pryor trying to play this quasi <laughs> Superman villain. Yeah, I, I do know he's great, like physical comedy and stuff. Uh, in that, uh, I did know that, like he's really good at, uh, yeah, w which is crazy to think he's so good at physical comedy because he was, you know, that's about the time his MS was uh, starting up. So, yeah, he 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 was a genius. I'll never be anybody like him. But yeah, to get back to the like being personal, I'm always astonished that more people don't figure that out like it's it the more honest you are like and i i can give dozens of examples like don't know if you like hip-hop music but um what's the thing that always blows up it's when two rappers get in a beef and they do like a battle rap on each other it always you know 100 million hits just like that and they're all it's always the best shit they've ever put out because it's stuff that really really means something to them and so yeah that's just one example there i don't know do, do you think the same can be said for sort of comedians roast battles yeah roasts are uh, great uh, because yeah sometimes if there is some underlying tension between <laughs> some comics yeah you you can definitely uh, see it do you have stage. any notable beefs yourself no no not really no um no i can't can't say as i do uh <laughs> well i guess you're vulnerable for a punch up now for any any of our listeners 
Yeah, yeah, a bunch of, I guess the closest I ever come to writing a battle rap was getting picked on in high school and going home writing poetry about it. <laughs> really sad. I'm, I'm sure that showed the bullies. Oh, oh it did. It did. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, take that, John Clayton. You should see <laughs> the the prose I wrote in my notebook. Oh, God. Oh, calling, calling out both names there, John Clayton. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm confident in the fact that he'll never listen to this. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll we'll crack into that that audience of uh, high school bullies from the past. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's not a slight on you. That's a slight on me. I can't see John Clayton going. <laughs> yeah, don't oh, worry. I, I didn't uh... take any offense to that at all. I I have no mm-hmm. idea who this guy is anyway. Uh, yeah. so I thought it was interesting. Um, so my old show uh, that I had back in Australia, it was a radio show just about the history of comedy. And, okay. you know, sort of turned into this mm-hmm. because of reasons you, I'm sure I've talked about in other episodes. But I found out from Richard Pryor that he started off actually as like a middle brow comic and had quite a clean show. And it's sort of like what you were saying about, about being honest and how people can smell the bullshit. I've got written down here as well that I didn't know that Richard Pryor also co-wrote uh, one of my favorite comedy films of all time, Blazing Saddles. Uh, yes, yes, he did. Yeah, and he was, uh, Mel Brooks wanted him to be uh, the lead, but the uh, studio was scared shitless to cast him. So they went with Clayton, oh, I can't remember his name, but the, yeah, the, the black sheriff in the movie that was supposed to be Richard Pryor's part. He was but, great, uh, though, whoever the name of... of of uh that lady man was richard pryor would have been yeah. perfect but you never know mm-hmm. oh yeah oh yeah he's so unpredictable yeah he could have just yeah not shown up for three weeks and thrown the production into chaos yeah that's a good point uh-huh. but his physical comedy as you were mentioning but worked really well in that movie because that character is basically bugs bunny yes this is uh pretty cool i read about him that he was in the army for two years uh but uh spent virtually the entire stint in an army prison According to a 1999 profile about Pryor in the New Yorker, Pryor was incarcerated for an incident that occurred while he was stationed in West Germany. Angered that a white soldier was overly amused at the racially charged scenes of Douglas Sirk's film Imitation of Life, Pryor and several other black soldiers beat and stabbed him, although not fatally. So sort of standing up for what he believed in from uh, from an early time. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Wow, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's all, all sorts of little nuggets about his life, some really heavy shit that he's been through oh yeah yeah he lived a crazy life that's for sure so what are you working on right now uh yeah man i just uh just doing uh just doing stand-up wherever wherever they book me yeah so i don't know it's been a good year it's been the best year i've had since uh dog pound so can't complain um where can people find you online uh sure so it's just my name jeff uh, mchenry m-c-e-n-e-r-y uh dot com uh so yeah just j-e-f-f-m-c-e-n-e-r-y dot com well thanks so much for coming on today jeff yeah yeah for sure thanks for listening everybody be sure to follow us on all social media at cave goblins and check out what we're doing over on cavegoblins.com please rate and review the show on itunes it's absolutely the best way to support the show at no cost you can find this podcast on google play itunes stitcher and everywhere you listen we're also on facebook and twitter at comedy zeitgeist i'm doug vandalay see you next time This 
is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.